Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How are you doing, Josh? Or uh, Rob? Pretty good. Pretty good, Ned. How are good. you today? I'm well. Good. Rob, we, good. we got a real fast-paced show today. Um, we're talking with contractors from all across the country. And um, guys that, you know, we respect their work. We see them out there. We know some of these guys. And, uh, and um, I thought this would be kind of cool because they come from all different parts of America. And the first guy I want to start with, it comes from uh, comes from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio area. I think you live in Kentucky, though. This is Josh Hansman. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. Yeah, I live right on the border. Um, Cincinnati is a five minute drive for me. So yeah, but I'm in Kentucky. Cincinnati, the Queen City. Um, what what food? What's the one food that that everybody knows that comes out of the Cincinnati area? One. You want me to name one? Yeah. Um, it's, there's one in particular. As soon as I say it, you're gonna name, you're gonna know what I'm talking about. Skyline. Skyline or Gold Star? Right? Yes. <laughs> Skyline chili uh, in Gold Star chili. Uh, I heard there's like 250 chili chili parlors in the Cincinnati area. Yep, <laughs> there's a bunch, but they're all uh, they're not like chili anywhere else. They're they're definitely unique. Yes, I've, I've come to realize that. All right, so we're w the premise of this is we're going to we're getting four contractors. We're going to ask them all the same four questions. Now, like I said, you, you're on here because you, you're these are guys that we we know your work and respect your work and your and your name in the industry. And uh, uh, so don't hold back. All right, don't be uh, um, uh, humble about this. All right. So, uh, yeah. uh, Rob, fire away at the first question. All right, you ready, Josh? I'm ready. All right, baby. Here we go. What makes you good at your craft? All right. So the thing that I think sets me apart is my imagination. Um, I have a vivid imagination, and that lets me uh, be very creative with what I can do. But it also allows me to paint a mental picture of what the final project is going to look like before I even start. Um, I've always thought that this is something that everybody could do, but just in the past couple of years talking to people, uh, I found out that it's not. So I think it's kind of special, um, but I really don't know. It's just so natural to me that I just assume it's natural for everybody. I'm going to tell I'm going to I'm going to tell a story about you, Josh, that cracks me up when I think about it. Um, and I think this says a lot about you. And hear me out on this. Um, I did a floor, I don't know, maybe five years ago now. And uh, it was my entryway and it was a fancy floor. And as myself and Dave Marzalek came and helped me and my brother Doug worked on it. And the, the yeah. picture, picture was on Facebook. And uh, I was talking to you and um, you go, um, yeah, I, I saw your floor, your entryway. I said, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you know, and, and you go, you know, it's not perfect. And I thought, <laughs> What? <laughs> well, you're, you're right, of course, but here's my point. Fast forward, fast forward, you know, years later, on Facebook, you did a floor. And it was phenomenal. I think you entered the floor year contest or whatever, and, and a lot of people have seen the picture. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful floor. But what, I, what, what got me about it is you took a video camera and you went around the job and pointed out all the flaws in the floor. 
And it struck yeah. me as, as unusual because not many floor guys would do that. And, and would, but that, then why did you do that? And, 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 and give me your thoughts behind that. Well, um, so, so like when I, when I see a project in my mind, like I was saying, it, I compare it to like reading a book. And then when the final project is on the floor, that's like seeing in the movie. Um, the book is always better. So whenever I do a project and I get done with it, it never meets my own expectation. I always see flaws. Um, and, and I think that if I can point out my flaws to other people, then maybe that's one step where they can figure out what to do before they have the same problem. Um, it's just always there. It's uh, I don't know if it's a curse or what, but it's a curse. I deal with it. We, we talk about <laughs> it in the class. And the good thing is that curse is going to make you an amazing craftsman. When you have that and you're never happy with your work, you're always going to strive to do uh, a little bit better. So that's amazing because I remember, um, you know, I've said it a thousand times walking out of jobs and looking at my partner like, oh, we're screwed. You know, I said, you see this, this, this. And he goes, no, nobody sees that stuff. But as long as you keep looking yeah. at that stuff and seeing it, you're always going to try to correct it and make your next job even better. So that's great. Josh, go, go back to what you said for a minute. Um, so you, you can paint a picture. You see the job, you know, you kind of, you know, as you said before, the whole, three, the whole thing, you know, even takes place. Are you communicating that to the homeowner that, you know what I mean? Is, is that part of what, 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 what makes you good on a project? Is that you get that across the homeowner? Or is this something you keep to yourself? Well, that's the problem. Like the, the homeowner don't get it because I can try to explain to them and they'll straight up say, I, I don't understand. I have to see a picture or you have to draw something up. And um, a lot of times they just stand there confused and pretend like they know, but um it, it, it makes it kind of difficult because I just take it for granted that I know what it's going to look like and I can't always describe it to them to where they can see it without actually seeing it. So you, usually you got to draw it out or, or something, lay it out, lay some boards out on the floor, do something to help them visualize it. And we should say, I should have said this in the intro, Josh, you work for Cincinnati Floor and Window Company, right? That's correct. And, and you're the lead man for, for that company. Uh, I like to think I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right, Rob, fire away at the next question. All right. What's the biggest challenge uh, in the future facing wood floor professionals? All right. So the biggest challenge I see is finding people that appreciate the trade. And I'm talking about um, sand and finish in particular. Um, of course, finding the next gen to come in helpers and just next gen of floor guys to come in that appreciate doing the work, but also finding homeowners that appreciate the work. Because nowadays there's so many products out there that mimic hardwood floors where, you know, it's it, sometimes it's kind of hard to find a homeowner that appreciates the time and effort that goes into solid hardwood, sand and finish. Um, I, I'm sure you guys have been there. You, go to a job and the homeowner's like, Oh, I have these beautiful floors. I want to, I, I want to refinish them. And you're like, um, they're not wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're either tile wood look or an LV, 
an LVP or something and even some of the engineer products that are so thin that you can't sand them in. Um, I see that as we develop more and more products that look more and more like wood, it's going to make real wood be a little bit more uh, harder to get across this something that is valuable. Yeah, and you know that's when their 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 investment pays off when it, with a real hardwood floor, right? Is when that chance that, that yeah. they, they can refinish it, they can change the the core as as times change and what have you. That's, well, that's if Wayne and I step back in our time machine, we had to battle a little thing called Pergo. And remember, Wayne, everybody, that was it. Pergo was going to take over the world. You don't need hardwood floors anymore. Everything was going to be Pergo. It. it it was a thorn in our side for a little while, but it finally, you know, wood floors finally took that, you know, took it back over. So I think we'll see the same thing, but I agree with you. There's a lot of um, products out there. We've done a couple of podcasts on, you know, the dangers of some of this, this uh, mm -hmm. vinyl plank and tiles, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I, I think more and more, the, the more people know about this stuff, the, the less you'll see it used. All right. Question number three. Best advice to someone breaking in the trade, breaking into the trade? Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, There's so many times you, it, it's just so easy to phone a friend. Um, and I've, I've done this to Wayne a lot. Uh, I would always have a question. I would call him and I'd always be nervous, like I'm bothering him or something. But, you know, as I've posted more stuff on social media, I get people that call me sometimes now and um, I, I kind of realize I don't, I, I would hope I'm not bothering Wayne asking questions, but when people call me, I kind of feel appreciative of it and it kind of makes me feel good that somebody's coming to me for help. So um, I've called other guys too, just people that I've met on social media and I've never had anybody not want to talk to me or turn me down and everybody's very helpful with any question you throw at them. So use that to your advantage. If you got a question for somebody, don't be afraid to call, text, message them, and just say it. And more than likely, you're going to get an answer. And if not, they'll probably refer you to the next guy that can answer it for you. I think that is such a good response. And, and I think as our trade kind of gets smaller, the world gets smaller because of social media, um, you know, it's amazing to me how many guys are, are willing to do just that, to reach out and, 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 and help somebody on a job. They need somebody. We've seen it before on, on, on um, uh, you know, one of these chat rooms where, hey, my, my van burned down. I lost all my equipment. Where do you live? I got an extra sander. I got an extra edger. And I think that's so damn cool, man. And like you said, um, we talk about the learning curve in this trade all the time. But you're right, Josh. I mean, you know, you can reach out to somebody. I mean, there's been some guys in my life that I've, I've reached out to on different floors asking for different opinions and stuff. And guys are always willing to, here's my rule, man. If I appreciate that you really take the trade seriously, that you're trying and everything, then I, 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 there's nothing I will ever hold back. And, and uh, I know you're the same way. I see you give out. Even like that video you did, that video really struck me that you did that, man. Because I, I think not very many – uh, guys would 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 do that. Would would point out that areas that were they considered flaws. And like I said, that floor was stunning on any on any scale. It was stunning. So I think it's a craftsman thing. I, I definitely think it's a craftsman thing. Craftsmen like to share 
what they're doing with other craftsmen. I mean, I think there's a camaraderie in our business that that a lot of people don't realize until they start getting into some of these rooms or coming to uh, one of the trainings. I, I just saw it again today. We wrapped up a training today in uh, Atlanta and all the guys were, you know, as they left, I saw them all out in the parking lot exchanging their phone numbers. And, you know, if you, and I heard a couple of them talking, if you need help, give me a call. I mean, it's, there's a fantastic camaraderie in our business. And I think the, like you said, because of social media getting smaller, I, I think people are just more willing to help everybody. Hey, Josh, tell us something that would surprise us about you. So I run into this a lot. Um, something that surprises a lot of people is that I do not own my own business. I am an hourly guy for another company. Um, I did at one time, I was on my own, had my own thing for about five years, but I decided that it was not for me. And I ended up joining a company that I did a lot of sub work for. I've been with them for, I don't know, six or seven years now. But there's a lot of times people on social media, when they, they call to ask me something, and I tell them that, and they're, they're kind of shocked. They're just like, oh, I, I thought you, you were that company. I, I didn't know you worked for them. And, um, but that's, you know, just because you work for a company doesn't mean you don't have to have passion in what you do. You can still love what you do and work for somebody else. You don't have to own your own company. Um, companies need people like me. So it, it kind of shocks a lot of people that, that I'm not my own company, but I, I'm just an hourly guy. Companies need people like you. Oh my God, you have no idea. You're, you're worth your <laughs> weight in, you're worth your weight in gold. Forget about it. And I, I, I agree. I've said many, many times that to me, I think a lot of guys that do own their own company and is no disrespect whatsoever, but would maybe be happier working for somebody else. Because as passionate as you are, and a lot of guys are about the trade, I mean, I know myself. I mean, I, when I turn on that on that big machine, all my troubles go away, man. You know, when I'm it's just me and the floor, and I, we're installing the floor and everything. To me, I'm in I'm in that's that my happy place as a floor contractor. So I totally get that, Josh. I respect that, man. And um, uh, I knew that about you. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I uh, I, I want to get to one other thing. Um, this is pretty freaking cool, man. Uh, what what's your daughter's name that sings? Is it? Chrissy oh, or Emma? Oh. Emma, okay. So yes. I'll tell you something that so you, you you put in that. I'll tell you something else you might that surprise you about uh, about Josh. His daughter sang at the world famous Tootsie's Bar in Nashville, Tennessee. She played drops of drops of Jupiter, and uh, I watched that video, man. So tell, brag about your daughter for a little bit. I thought that was so darn cool. She's uh she sang at Tootsie's in Panama City also, um, so she does she does a lot of that. Uh, she's picked all that up on her own. Um, she has a, a local place here in Newport, Kentucky. This is where she performs once a month. She's done a couple of festivals, uh, fairs, and stuff like that. How old um, is she? She'll be eighteen in July. Wow, man, pretty cool. The, the, the guts that it takes to get up on stage and do that, man. And she's talented, man. I mean, you know, I, I yeah. listened to her first because she's your daughter. Then, then I just kept listening because she was just damn good. <laughs> so pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun watching her. Um, so 
she's off the UK next year, I think, is where she's going. So we'll see where that leads to. Go Wildcats. Um, what do you think the turning point in your career was? Oh, well, uh, the turning point for me was when I left being on my own and actually joined another company because when I did that, it opened up so much more that that company had a lot more resources than what I had when I was on my own as far as equipment because um, I was immediately given dustless sanding equipment. Uh, that company is responsible for sending me off to schools. My first school was at the Bona School down in North Carolina. And then since then, I've been to four NWFA schools. Um, got to go to the Expo. So, like, I've been in this business for about 18 years, but it wasn't till the last six, seven years when I joined this company when I really started opening up and getting to do and learn more and more things. So, it was a big change for me, and it was for the better. That's awesome. That's well, great, man. And, and to tie that's this a turning into, point. Yeah, and to tie this into Kentucky, I've always said, if you got a thoroughbred, man, you let him run. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> you got a guy that that has that much talent, man. You let him run. You give him the tools he needs, and you 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 help him be successful. Um, and it, that, that is a plus. I, I do. Uh, I have a pretty good spending limit with uh, the company I'm with. And as long as I can justify that we need that tool, we usually end up getting it. <laughs> nice. That's um, awesome. So one more quick question for you then. Uh, you got a role model in this industry or someone that's really helped you along the way? Man, that's a tough one. Um, well, Please. I mean, I, I would think <laughs> when Please. it all comes down to like, my my first uh, school that I went to, Wayne was my instructor at that school, so that's where it all started, really. Oh man, I was hoping to God you weren't going to say Rob. <laughs> There's one for Wayne. I had Rob as an instructor too. We did a Star Wars floor together. Well, you know what? Uh, I think you're going to be a role model to a lot more people than maybe you realize, Josh. I mean, I I I, I really respect the, the kind of work and quality of craftsman that you are, man, and that you're always trying to get better and you're always looking for the next thing, man. So I appreciate you making time to be on the podcast. Hopefully, we can get you on down the road. Are you an inspector, by the way? I, I am. I'm not. I'm not an active inspector. We got that just for the credibility. Yeah, got you. Okay, so. Maybe down the road, we could, there's some uh, topics that we can get you to uh, talk to on the podcast podcast as well. So, I'd love it. Love it, man. Thank you, Josh. You kicked this program off real good for us and uh, appreciate it. And I'll be talking to you down the road, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Bye. Rob, our next guest is Kurt Dozik. He's from Kurt Dozik Wood Floors up in Michigan. So we went from the great state of Tennessee, or not Tennessee, whoops, uh, Kentucky and uh, Ohio, uh, going up north now into uh, Michigan, close to uh, the Detroit area. Is that right, Kirk? Yes, sir. Just outside. All right. So introduce, er, er, um, introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Um, 54. I'll be 55 in August. Um, been in the biz. Uh for all intents and purposes, about 40 years. Um, we, we've now sort of broken into the higher-end market um, with sand and finish, and we, it just seems to be 
the train keeps rolling and we're doing very well right now. That is awesome, man. I hope everybody listens to that because there is a high end market. I just did a class in Atlanta and, you know, a lot of the talk here was, oh my God, you can't get more than this. And this is a tough market, but I think every market is a tough market, but you need to help to have to, like you just said, break into that high end market because that's where it really starts to pay off. It took a long time, but we 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 made it. Well, I um, you know, you, I talked to a lot of guys up in Michigan. And Michigan, I don't know what's in the water in Michigan. I've said it before in this podcast. There's some damn good floor guys in in the state of Michigan, man. Um, and you are definitely one of them, man. And uh, and I've been told by more than a couple of people that you're one of the better sand finish guys, installation guys in in Michigan. So um, we're going to we're asking everybody four questions, Kurt, and we don't want you yep. to hold back and be humble. All right. I mean, just 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 shoot us, you know, what you really think about it. And um, there's four questions. Rob, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. All right. You all set? Yes, sir. All right. What makes you good at your craft? And now. I know that you I heard you work with your son. So right off the bat. That's going to make you good at your craft, having to work with your kid. I've had to work with my kid, and I work with my dad. So right away, I understand that uh, it, it's, it's a handicap already. So what makes you really good at your craft? Well, having him there, um, first of all, it's, is it, it truly is invaluable. Um, he's been with me since he was a little kid, and we're on the same wavelength. I don't even most of the time need to tell him what to do. He's leaps and bounds ahead of most guys that have been in the business many, many years longer than him. Um, well, so with that said, I, I, what would make me good at my craft, I always have my customer's best interest first. Um, and I want them to see that. I know I want them to know I care. I mean, sleepless nights all the time. Um, and I want them to know that when I have their house and I have their money, they have my full attention. Um, and I don't want to make mistakes and I'd never want to leave it a mess. I don't want them to see something during the day or in the evening after we leave that is questionable, that they think they could do better than I can, then they don't need me anymore. So we strive to give them the best we can. Um, and it's, it's paid off. Awesome. Um, all right, question number two. What's the biggest challenge you see in the future of the industry? Oh, I've been thinking about that one all day. Um, a reliable workforce to, to find that, I don't know how we do that. Um, and not just finding younger guys to get in, even if it's a, someone in their mid to late 20s, someone that's actually teachable that will listen um no attitude uh that makes the day so much easier um also keeping up with all the new products abrasives finishes that's a you know a never-ending change uh I, I i just i can't get enough of that information that's one thing i i love the information so that's 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 some of the challenges i see coming 
that, that's one reason that you're on here, uh, Kirk, is that what I what I really admire about you is that you said, you know, you, you've been in the trade this long, you're 55 years old or whatever, but you're still learning, right? You're still trying to find out what the next best product is, what the next best procedure is, and, and how to, you know, be great at your craft. Every day, I, I, I will always mix things up. If you use some common sense approach to it, to finishes, different chemicals, and you know what will and what won't work, you can achieve much better results and success than the guy that's your competition that won't deviate from a certain system. Um, that, that's not me. I, I, I'll, I gamble. I, it always works. We've, I mean, I've never been burned. Um, so, I mean, knock on wood, luckily. But I always think about it before I do it. I don't want to do something that I need to explain away to a homeowner that's paying me to be in their house when we came highly referred and regarded. That, that, I, I don't ever want that to happen. Do you ever worry about your competition? Never. Yeah. Awesome answer. Never. I don't even. Amazing. I, that, that is the greatest answer. I hope everybody hears that answer. That is perfect. All right. Question number three, Rob. Best advice you could give to somebody breaking into the trade. Well, I've thought about that one all day too. Um, I would say it would help tremendously if you knew someone in the business that could, you know, give you some pointers and somewhere to start. Um, you have to be real in what you do. If you want to stick with it, um, you, you have to earn that status too. A lot of this stuff that I see now, it's like make believe social media. We can all make ourselves look, like more than we are when we really aren't. Um, and it takes a long time to get to a certain point uh, where you don't worry anymore and you just, it, things become on cruise control. Um, and then I, I would say the next thing for someone, just listen when someone's trying to teach you or coach you. And if you listen twice as much as you talk, as my dad told me, you'll be a lot further ahead in the long run. Mm. Um, nice piece if, of advice. If somebody, if somebody calls you with a with a question of the a problem, are, I mean, how willing are you to to take a little a few minutes and help the guy out? We do it almost daily, Wayne. Um, you know, younger guys getting in, um, they're they're having problems, and you know, I take every if anybody calls me, I'll answer it and I'll I'll tell you whatever I know. I'm not concerned with them taking any knowledge or information I give them, and and you know strengthening their game against me it doesn't concern me at all i'll always help i i mean multiple times we've gone out on jobs i never never asked for money i we're, my son and i will go out and we'll spend a whole day and work with you for free but yeah, no problem I, with it at all. all all the i mean really truly all the great ones say the same damn thing and it's not an exaggeration i mean it really is i mean it's a, one thing i i man if you're young and, and you're starting out in this trade you have got so many tools at your disposal now that we never had before. I mean, we Absolutely. didn't know anybody to talk to years ago. We didn't have schools. We didn't have social media. We didn't have we guys like We were all that. on our own little island back yep. then. We, all on our own little island. When I was 100%. in a prison. Yep. 
when I, when I was an apprentice carpenter, I'll never forget the journeyman I worked for. He used to tell me, the more I teach you, the less I know. In other words, he didn't want to teach me nothing. You know what I mean? Right. He saw me as competition to him. He didn't want no part of it. And I, I never felt like at that, at that age I could go up to a Kirk Dozik and say, hey, I don't know how to do this layout, man. What do you, how would I go about starting that? I would be too intimidated to ask and felt like I didn't deserve to ask because I'm just a young kid that don't know anything. But, man, guys now right. are so willing to, man. And I think because they, they, it's just an appreciation of the trade, and we want to see the trade continue, man. So I, I, like, I, like, I got a lot of respect for you for that reason. Question I, I hope it does continue. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, question number four. Um, tell us something about you that would surprise people. I also thought about that one. I really don't know what would surprise anyone. Kind of a what you see is what you get. Um, been known to come unraveled a few times. Uh, I don't, I mean, I'm very... I'm willing to work with people, but another one, the old man always said, kindness isn't weakness, and if you show that, you will get exploited. I, and I, that, that irritates me when people try to push that with me. Um, I've mellowed out tremendously since, <laughs> you know, since the younger days. Um, so not so many issues anymore. I've learned a little more finesse and learned how to deal with people. Um, I mean, I've same thing, something that's, you wouldn't know about me. I started off as a carpenter apprentice myself, joined the union right out of high school. Yeah. Um, about a year and a half into apprenticeship school, the guys I worked for uh, convinced me to buy my card, and the rest is sort of history. Uh, we we ran a renovation, successful renovation company for years uh, prior to going full-time sanding. I mean, I did installs with an old guy uh, as a kid in the evening and on weekends what seems like forever. And then in 99, I, I just, I, I, we had the money. I bought the stuff and the rest is history. Okay. So you're from Michigan. So I'm going to throw some names out at you real quick. Marvin Gaye, Stevie wonder, Bob Seger, Aretha Franklin, Iggy pop, by the way, I kicked Iggy pop in the, in his ass one time. I'm dead serious. I should tell you that story one day, Al green, <laughs> the four tops, the Supreme Smokey Robinson, Glenn Fry of the, of the Eagles, Alice Cooper, Darcy yep. of the Smashing Pumpkins, the original drummer. Anthony Kytus or Kytus from Red Hot Chili Peppers. What, yep. What's the deal with Michigan? Whoa, and whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You forgot the man. Eminem. Ted Nugent. And Ted Nugent, of course. And there's so you many. forgot Ted Nugent, man. Yeah. Come on. So, in your travels, <laughs> have you ran across any of those guys? We did the Cadu Cafe, which is a local Belgian bar here uh, in Detroit. The closest to any of those that we actually ran across was John Rutherford. He is the um, horns section of the Silver Bullet Band. Um, great guy, you know, very connected in that musical world. But none of, not actually run across any of the real big names. That would be about the closest. Um, very interesting cat. I mean, very, very well-known, great musician. But Detroit, it, it's in the water here, like you said earlier. There's tons of um, uh, top-notch musicians come out of Detroit. And, now, and it's, where's Jay Giles from? Because people in Boston think Jay Giles is from Boston. And people in Detroit think Jay Giles is from Detroit. I don't think he's from Detroit or Michigan at all. I don't think. I don't so, think so. That would be... Peter Wolf. I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. 
I don't think so, I, I, but I could be wrong. Okay. A few years ago, we went to see Seeger. He came to Albany. And my son is a huge Seeger fan. I, I made him a Seeger fan because uh, living in New York, it got to a point where it was like uh, Ali or Frazier. Were you an Ali fan or a Frazier fan, or are you a Springsteen or a Seeger fan? Well, there's right. a lot of Springsteen. I was totally Seeger. I was anti-Springsteen. All Seeger. <laughs> so my son shows me a picture, and he goes, hey, he, he texts me this picture like a couple days before the concert. Text me this picture, and he goes, who's this? And it was, uh, you know, this real old guy, beard, you know, almost looked like Santa Claus, golfing, you know? And I was like, I don't know, who's Santa? He goes, it's Bob Seeger. I was like, wow, man, did he get white, you know? So he says, geez, I wonder how his voice is going to be, because th- what a concert. It was Jay Giles and Bob Seeger, And this was, you know, five years ago. Well, Seeger comes, Jay Giles opens. He goes, I don't know any Jay Giles song. I go, believe me, you're going to hear, you're going to hear four seconds of the first song. You're going to know every song, every word. Okay. Anyway, right. Seeger comes out and he starts and he comes out and, you know, he's looking like us. We're all got white, right? That guy's voice, you would have thought he was lip syncing from a, an album that he made back in the 70s. His voice was perfect. I was, my wife was in tears. My wife's from Detroit. She was in tears. He was just so good. Just amazing. I was yeah, gonna, just I, their, go ahead, that Kurt. farewell tour they had, um, I don't know, it was a year and a half, two years back. I, I mean, we, we weren't lucky enough to get to any of the shows, but heard from just about everyone, if not everyone that was there, that it was phenomenal. He's still that good. And then, you know, with the recent passing of Alto Reed, there were a couple clips that made it, made the way around Facebook and some other video sites of him, you know, doing the closing lines with the sax. Just mind-blowing how good it was. You know, put put uh, goosebumps on the back of your neck. Yeah, it did. That, that whole show did. I mean, it was one of the best shows we ever saw. Okay. Um, well, I got you, Kurt. Well, we got you. Um, what was the turning point in your career? Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know about turning point. Um, what made my life so much easier with business was buying the cube van. Um, I've had that now full-time five years. Every single thing I need during the day, no matter what comes up, I have in that truck. Um, and I mean, it's, we, we keep it full service. So you know, there's just enough in there where it's not overloaded, which it probably is overloaded. But I, I mean, when I leave here in the morning, unless I do something stupid and forget something, we are set. Um, and you know, Nick, we, we, we don't have the greatest organization system, but between the two of us, we remember what we need. One reminds the other, um, and the, the cube van and having all that stuff at my fingertips, you know, right in the back door, unbelievable that i waited so long i can't believe i waited that long to, to buy a bigger truck it has, it has helped so much that's a really let's good talk tip. a little bit about your son what's his name nick great kid how old is he 23 just turned 23 in february nice so it sounds like mm-hmm. um it was kind Very of a daycare, kind of a daycare program yeah. like it was for my son huh 
it, it, you know, he's, he was with me since he was in the, you know, in a little car seat bucket. Um, I was bringing him to work and he, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He, I don't know if he'll stay or not. He has, you know, other plans. Um, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm not going to force it on him. It's a great gig. I, I've, I've read and seen things online that say, you know, hardwood floor craftsmen, uh, true experts are one of the most sought after guys in the world right now. I don't know if that's true or not. I would believe it is. I know around here there aren't enough, and the phone rings all day, every day. The kid, yeah. if he stays with it, you know, he's ever, whatever I have is his. Um, he can walk into it with basically you know, no outlay of money and earn a real good living. So we'll see what happens. Very cool. He makes my life easier now. He's, he is he's an unbelievable hardwood floor guy. I mean, I, I am not just blowing sunshine. I'm being straight up honest. That kid is killing it that's awesome i because uh i tell everybody at all my schools my son is so much better at this than i ever was uh, and i think it's this next generation coming up like your son there that really starts to see it as a craft did you did you have any role, mo role models coming up in the industry kirk anybody that's helped you out or or, or role models that uh, that you looked up to well, obviously you. I mean, I've, oh, no. I've always been. I'm not oh, saying that. Oh, my God. No, no, I don't Come deserve on. that, man. I'm oh. not saying that for that. I've always enjoyed those calls. And one guy that I truly became great friends with, it's probably been a 20-year run, is Johannes Boonstra. Um, yep. you know, all the times and conversations with him and just the little things, you may not implement them immediately when you hang up, but somewhere so at some time, some point it's in your subconscious and you remember it and you, you're so much further ahead of your competition because you know what to do. You're ready for it. That's, you know, it's, it's, you want to almost say it. I've been waiting for this moment to use this and it always happens. But yeah, he's a, he's been a great guy to know. Great resource. And I know him well, and I consider him a friend. So, yeah, I, I, super smart guy, very knowledgeable. So, good call. Okay, last, last question. I, sorry. Go ahead. Last question I yep, got. Good. How important is, is your schedule and staying on schedule to your business? Well, now with the bigger ones, it's not like it used to be. The smaller stuff in years past, the people were more impatient, wanting it done to get back in. Now that we've gotten on the, I mean, the, some of the smaller stuff is in the 2000 square foot range. So these people, the homes are bigger. They have lots of dollars and they realize, you know, they have you in their house and they're paying you, you know, as much as $20,000 for a resand. Um, time is not that important anymore. And most of my people now, I'm able to adjust. I always call them. You know, I can see it come and have the foresight for a couple weeks out. Things are getting a little jacked up on a job. I let them know there could be a possible delay. And I don't, I never give an actual completion date. You know, around this time, we will be done. Everything goes correct. And we don't have any problems. No, no pushback with that at all. So that part to me, it, I, I'm not there anymore. I'm not, no more running and gunning. Okay, so 
That's because back in the day, years ago, when you were first starting out, you weren't Kirk Dozik. But now you're Kirk Dozik, and they will wait. <laughs> Correct. All right, Kirk. Hey, listen, man, it's been a blast talking Good to you. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time, especially late late in the day. So thank you, sir, very much. And uh, thank I hope you guys. To get down the road. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you so much. Take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.